Hey friends, Becky here. I just wanted to say hey before we jump into this next episode. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful that you're here. Whether you've listened to one episode or all 13 so far, um, I hope that We Are Free has been um, just an encouragement to you and something that's inspired you. Maybe it's changed your perspective on something, helped you live just a little bit lighter and freer. That is my goal here. Um, if you're new, we've got all sorts of topics. We're talking about how we need to prioritize our marriages over our ideas for motherhood. We're talking about finding rest in the midst of chaos, uh, having more work-life boundaries and less mom guilt. We talked about normalizing counseling. Um, as you can tell with these topics, small talk is not exactly my thing. And I'm so okay with that because I feel like these are conversations that need to be had. Um, so if you're listening to We Are Free, again, whether it's been one episode or all 13 so far, I would absolutely love it if you would hop over and rate and review uh, We Are Free on iTunes. Super easy. It won't take you long. But what it will do is help more women find this podcast and more women live just a little bit lighter and freer so that um, we can all collectively together live out all of that goodness that God has for us. So thank you so much for listening. I would absolutely appreciate it if you would rate and review. We are free. And now let's head into episode 14. Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 14. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Vanessa Kynes. Vanessa is a Pinterest marketing strategist for creative small businesses, juggling the demands of her own business with those of family and home. She specializes in efficient productivity, making the most out of every moment and every pin. Hailing originally from the great state of Texas, she has lived in two foreign countries and enjoys traveling with her husband and three sweet daughters. You can find her blogging over at vanessakynes.com. Hey, Vanessa, welcome to We Are Free. Hey, that profile makes me look so well put together. But based on this episode today, you probably won't walk away thinking the same thing. Girl, you're put together for the <laughs> you. You carry that like you carry that with you. Well, it's really funny because I feel like in our industry, um, a lot of people are in their mid twenties, mm -hmm. and I don't know your exact age, but I'm definitely right in the middle of my thirties. I'm 35, so I feel like I've got that like patina of life mm -hmm. where. I know that things are going to like, and we're going to talk about that. Things mm -hmm. aren't going to be perfect and you have to kind of bounce back from those things. Yeah. And so I feel like I've got the old lady wisdom in our industry. Yes. So I yeah. hear you. I'm 37. So I get it. I've been telling yeah. Jesse since I turned like 33, I'm like, I'm almost 40. He's like, you're not yeah. almost 40, but now I really am. So I, <laughs> so I understand what you mean though. It's like you have that like spirit of the young and the creative, but you still have like some wisdom from life experiences. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. the 30s are the best decade. They really are. They uh, really are. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pro hopefully I'll say that about 42. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what countries have you lived in? Remind me. So, um, I mean, technically we lived in Scotland and England. So okay. two different countries, same United Kingdom. So yeah. I'm going to go with that when I said okay. country. Got yeah. it. How long yeah. were you both in both of those places? We lived in the UK for six years. We okay. were only in St. Andrews, Scotland for about nine months. So this is all for my husband's education and then um, his like first teaching job and then Cambridge and then Oxford. So some really cool places, actually. Yeah, that's so fun. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about a lot today is 
Vanessa's life and like with her husband's work, like they've moved around a lot. And I wanted to chat about, um, finding stability like with uh, or finding security, like without the stability of like physical, like a home or community and like moving from place to place and what that all looks like. So Vanessa, if you can first just tell us a little bit just about your husband and you and your family, how long you guys have been married. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So my husband and I have been married for over 12 years. I'm starting to lose count. Like when people <laughs> ask me that, I'm having a difficult time with that. I'm remembering. Um, my husband is a professor. And so that's part of the reason why we move so much because he's um, multiple degrees, obviously a PhD, and then teaching positions, postdocs, academic positions that he's now in his third academic position, which I believe will be our permanent like home. And so, um, I grew up with like parents with very normal jobs, like engineering and nursing where you don't move around a lot. And so I just assumed I would always be in Texas where I grew up, but being married to an academic is a special kind of, um, marriage. And so you really do have to be open to moving a lot. And I just, I'm actually, I would have said I was the wrong person for the Mm -hmm. job. I am not the type of person who really enjoys change, but apparently God just paired me with this great human. My husband is amazing and very resilient, um, to use his moves and all of these job changes to really change me. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing when I really think about like God pairing me with that type yeah. of job. So were so. the early years of moving around, like is Vanessa now different than 12 years ago, Vanessa, as far as like your outlook on all of that or what changed you along the way? Yeah. So, well, first of all, um, we also had, we have three (laughs) kids, two of our kids were born in the UK and no, they don't have dual citizenship. They have, you have to, can't just be born there. So people ask me that a lot. Um, so we got married in late April of 2007 and we moved to Scotland in August. So we basically spent our newlywed years in the UK. And I know a lot of people think that Scotland is, um, like super romantic and it is on a BBC drama, but when you're actually (laughs) living there, it's very cold, very dark. And we moved in August. So we're basically going straight into the fall, like dark season. It's dark by 2 PM. And, um, I feel like the like actual atmosphere dark was reflecting what was going on in my heart. Like mm-hmm. the first year of marriage is just difficult in mm-hmm. general. Like you're just, it's just weird to, to go all of a sudden from being a single person to dealing with this other person. And then my husband was really basically in the books. Like he was so busy with just trying to get his degree done. And so I just was really lonely. I didn't know who I was. I had a difficult time making friends and like talking to people pretty shy. Mm-hmm. And so my experience in Scotland was really difficult. Um, and I had had anxiety and been diagnosed with anxiety in college mm-hmm. that comes out in my type one kind mm-hmm. of, you know, just wanting to have control of everything and be perfect and everything. And, um, I just felt like my life was really far from perfect and didn't look successful compared to my peers who had homes mm-hmm. and nice cars and kind of had all the things that we all think we want in life. Mm-hmm. So it was just really difficult. Um, and also just being so far from people who, if I had any community, they were all in the U S so. Yeah. So that was rough (laughs) the first little bit, like, was there a turning point when you were in Scotland? Like, was there anything, or was it like kind of that whole season sort of felt that way? Yeah. In fact, a really funny story is, um, when we were in Scotland, my husband's PhD supervisor was moving to Germany for like a five-year program. And so we knew that we probably were going to go to another university to finish his PhD. 
and I hate it. Okay. Hate is a strong word. You're also not to use it. I really strongly disliked living in Scotland. It just was not my jam. But my husband's like, you know, we need to apply to um, other universities. And so at the time it was Cambridge and Oxford. And um, I freaked out. My husband was new again, newlyweds. He's like holding me in our tiny, cold, damp flat in our bed. Cause our, there was basically one bedroom in the mm-hmm. flat and I'm having a full out panic attack oh. because we're about to move to Cambridge. And my husband's like, but you don't like living here. But I'm like, but I, I'm so afraid of the change of moving to another city that I'd rather be here. And so that kind of shows just like where my mind was. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't handle one more change, even though I was really unhappy with where I was. And thankfully, like due to my husband's leadership and just knowing like we need to get out of here and this will be better long term for our career. We did end up moving and Cambridge is much sunnier. It's in the south of England. And um, it's just for me, it's a more cheerful place to live. Yeah. And so God, through the vehicle of my husband, just knew he needed to pull me out of that pit. But I just couldn't see beyond my world there. Yeah. So I sounded like a really happy person to be with. (laughs) (laughs) We all have our seasons. We all go through our stuff. So did you know, like you knew going into marriage that you were going to be moving around? Um, no. No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I, I had graduated with a degree in biomedical science and my hope was to go to dental school, but I had just become a believer in college and I wanted to kind of take a gap year and study theology. I feel like we all have those experiences. And so I decided to go to seminary for a year. And then I was that year I would apply to dental school. Well, right when I got to seminary and met my husband, like the first week of getting there and, um, things moved really fast with my husband. Um, he was in his final year of seminary and he told me he was going to be applying to um, the UK for PhD programs. And at the time we lived in Louisville, Kentucky. I was like, Oh, great. University of Kentucky. That's like just right down the road. I can do PA school there. I don't have a dental school, but I can do PA school. Well, then very quickly, my husband booked a ticket to Scotland and I realized silently, embarrassingly that yeah. he meant the United Kingdom and not <laughs> University of Kentucky. That's so, pretty funny. Yeah. So from that point, I definitely knew we would be living overseas, yeah. but you don't really know what that's going to be like until you do it. Yeah. And um, it changes you. I mean, I know you and Jesse have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, from working in Africa and it, it just, it just changes you. Yeah. I I feel like it's so, so much like being removed from like the day to day. And like for us, like that's where we met, but like it was a whole nother world. And like coming back here was, um, it was really hard, honestly, because like we fell in love there and like we had our own little world there. And then you come home and it's like, no, this is real life. Like we really, we laugh, like it felt like the bachelor, like we went and fell in love somewhere and then like, okay, re-entry into the world. Does it feel like your past is like a dream, like that you can't really access? It feels like a dream that you just can't really access in your real life now. Yeah. No, sometimes we, we say all the time, like, did that really happen? Like we were really there and now we're here and like that all, it's all how it all worked out and it is. And we're so grateful, but, um, it does totally feel so far removed. Um, and I think just like the longer you're married to, you know, we've been married 10, but you said 12, like it does start to like, you forget what year it is after a little while. Yeah. And the older you get for that matter. I love birthdays and I love my birthday, but the other day I was like, wait, how old am I? (laughs) I think that comes with age. I think it's really hard to remember my birth, my birth year or my birth age as well. I think 35 is easier because it's like around one to five, but I struggle like in the past. I'm like, am I 33 or 34? Yeah. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, this is sort of, when did you, this is not a podcast about the Enneagram, but I talk about it a lot because I feel like a lot of people are going through this stuff and learning about it. Um, did you know, like, I look back at my past, I'm like, if I would have known, like I was a one, it would have made a little bit more sense for certain things of like how I was feeling. And since you're a one, if I would have known I was a one, like going through some of the things I went through, like, I think it would have helped, um, I think non ones might not understand like how hard it is for us to let go and how hard it is for us to like, just let life happen sometimes. Um, I guess my question is like, looking back, if you would have like known that, would that have been helpful for you? Or did you already kind of know some things about yourself that you thought, okay, well, this is just who I am and this is why it's hard. Yeah. I think actually when I was a young girl, I cried a lot. I had a hard time with like making mistakes. And it's funny. I used the I could like not control the tears. I actually think I was very self-aware of my personality. I think what was always difficult is that I never felt like people, and I still kind of feel this way. People don't like respect and value ones. Mm. Isn't that because like we go on these big family trips and, um, you know, making sure that we all have toilet paper, but no one seems to appreciate that without me, we wouldn't have toilet paper <laughs> for this giant 20 person trip yeah. or whatever happens to be. And so I think that when I was younger, I really didn't value my role and the role that I played in people's lives and making things run smoothly. Um, but now I, I see the value in that because I think we need ones in the world. We yeah. need the list makers to make things go. And, um, so if you have a one out there, like give them a hug, <laughs> the ones and twos, like thank them for what they do to like keep your life organized. And like in, <laughs> I'm living, I'm living a very seven life though. And so that's been really interesting to me too, because like, I think they say that in health. We yeah, are for seven. Mm-hmm. When I travel, I totally feel like Jesse. I'm like, yeah. I do feel like a free bird and I love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think I always was really self-aware of that, but I never really saw the value in it. But now I really do. And I really like myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so. totally. No, I agree. Um, so back before you got married or like as you were getting married and before maybe you knew you were going to be in the UK, like what was in your mind the perfect life? What did that look like to you? So even as a girl, I was always into home decor and I think the perfect life for me would have been like Dallas where I grew up just cause that's when I knew and a nice home and probably a, a career, like being a physician or a dentist or something like that with the perfect life, perfect manicured lawn, that kind of thing. I think, um, order and just like feeling like stability mm-hmm. order was really something I wanted. Um, so, but I think when I think back in my past, I think about stuff like mm-hmm. beautiful stuff. And so I think that that's where my perspective has really changed. Yeah. So now, like, what would you say you guys have been, where were you last? You're in Alabama now. We were in Virginia, Northern Virginia, DC, mm-hmm. and then Charlottesville for a year. And then just for a year, mm-hmm. because my, so the story behind that is my husband did a sabbatical year in Virginia. And so he was a professor in Washington state and, um, he'd always wanted to take a sabbatical and he didn't want to do it locally. He wanted to do it at his alma mater, um, in Virginia. And so I, he's like, can we go? And I'm like, we're going to have to sell our house. We're going to have to get rid of stuff. We have three kids. What are we going to do about schooling? So in the end I decided to say yes to that, which is a very seven thing to do. Very let go moment of my life. We sold our house. We got rid of so much stuff. We put it into storage and started homeschooling and lived in Virginia for a year. And like 
lots of moving, even within Virginia. And during um, our spring, so this was spring of, oh, of this spring of 19, he got a job offer in Birmingham. So then instead of going back to Washington, we actually moved to Birmingham and had to go get all of our stuff from Washington State and get it down here, which is pretty far if you look at a map. Yeah, no, that's very far. <laughs> it's across so, the country. Yeah. So like, even though right now I feel like we're probably, we're renting, we're hoping to buy, we're entering a more stable period. We have been coming off of like over two years of like planning and executing and living a very nomadic life. Mm-hmm. So, so even that has really changed me. Yeah. So I was gonna say, so like as a one, like what does that look like on the day to day for you? And like, how does that, are there everyday struggles where you have to like tell yourself, no, I, you know, whatever, what does it look like for you? being so nomadic for so long? Well, I will say that actually there is a huge advantage to being a one and living a seven lifestyle because you don't just like say, okay, let's move. And like magically things get done. There's so many lists and so many workflows, like just household workflows that we had to go through to make that happen, whether it was getting our house ready to sell and actually selling it and where to store our stuff. So I actually think that this was the perfect job for me to be able to help my husband do this in a way that was like systematic. Mm-hmm. He's a much more global thinker. He's great. If you give him like, here's what I need you to execute. He's very timely, but I wouldn't say his skill set is like breaking down each point or maybe it is like, he just knows that I will. He's I mean, good. He's putting it on you. <laughs> well, yeah, he just knows that that's something that I will do. Yeah. Um, he's like very good at keeping like the morale of the ship going. Yes. Um, so I think it was the perfect job for me because it did require a lot of logistics. And like, I just, I just was really proud that we accomplished it. I was also really proud that I said yes to it because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, ones or not, would be afraid to say yes to that. Mm -hmm. would want to hold on tightly to their house. I mean, I built this incredible garden. Like I still think about that garden. Like we let go of so many things that we will never be able to get back. And, um, but it was worth it because I feel like I've been changed by stuff doesn't seem as shiny and attractive to me as much, but experience has been like the thing that has really enriched our lives. And our girls have done really well with this much transition. I think it's because we've provided such a rich experience for them. And like, even as Christmas comes, Christmas is enjoyable for me for the family side, but the gift side really overwhelms me. Mm I don't know if that's a one thing or not, but, um, the, I, it just overwhelms me because I don't feel like my girls are really motivated by things. Yeah. I think which motivated is great. by experiences. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we don't do too many gifts around here. Like, and that's just Jesse. I mean, we like, we've always kind of been that way. We'd rather yeah. like go on a trip or whatever. Like we do that and yeah. it's easier. And I don't know, at the end of the day, I don't remember whether, well, I do remember he got me some really nice tennies that I wanted one year and a nice leather bag, but like for yeah, the most so part, it's like, like yes, yeah. exactly. Um, no, we love just like doing stuff together. How old right. are you? How, how, how old are the girls? They're nine, seven and four. Okay. Yeah. Who was it hardest part. on? What's that? Who was like the moving around stuff hardest for you think? Um, I think my middle daughter, I think she's the most sensitive, mm-hmm. um, she definitely had some moments that we were like, Oh my gosh. But actually like, she's also the easiest to see if things are going well, like she's kind of like a good barometer. So she's really happy right now and seems really secure. And so we kind of were like, okay, we're on the right page because of that. So I feel like when things are instable, she is the easiest person to look to, to be like, Oh gosh, we need to like uh, correct here or steer 
but so it's kind of nice yeah. to have one of those in the family. I feel it, like I might be that person. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think people are like, if, if your listeners are embarking on something uh, like a move, I've had people actually contact me on DM and be like, their husbands are looking at different career changes mm-hmm. and it requires a move. Like how do their kids adjust? I, kids are really resilient, especially I think when they're not teens and they're not like in their little friend community yet, like where your parents are kind of yes. still your BFFs. Yeah. Kids are really resilient. And I think, um, if you make it fun and experiential for them, they're going to be just fine. And yeah. like, just, just to remember, like you are their like primary security. And yeah. if you and your husband or your partner are like on the same page, they're going to see that and reflect that and they'll be fine. Yeah. So Vanessa, of all like the different moving around and states and countries and all of that over the years, what, how have you found, um, security? Like what, what do you go to at the end of the day or in the middle of something that's really hard? Like, how do you end up like feeling secure with where you're at? Um, I kind of think about, this is a really tough question because, you know, it's just a big question. Number one, I would say that like a healthy marriage or partnership has been really the key. I think ever any big changes, like just having a partner who, um, is supportive through that and is just allows you to kind of voice your, your fear. So that's been really good. And my husband is just, he's a really strong believer. He grew up in a Christian home and he just has the right perspective. He experiences anxiety too, but like not to the same degree as me. So that's, that's one thing that's been really important. So prioritize that relationships. I kind of think about, we're talking about our thirties. I think about God, we have like this little shelf of little like experiences of suffering or mm-hmm. anxiety or big changes. I'm like, I've, I can look at that shelf now and see all those experiences and the way that God used it for good. Yes. And so I think practicing gratitude, because when we're younger, and I think about this for my girls, like we, we don't necessarily know how the story is going to end for good. And we don't have the reminding experience of that. Like we have scripture, we have Israel to see the way that God used, you know, bad for good, that kind of thing. And that's there to remind us. And it was there for the like Jews to be reminded of that, which is cool. But like, I have a shelf full of things that really scared me in our life, job insecurity and moves that now I'm like, Oh, I see that as part of like a plot change that God was using for good. And like even living in Birmingham, which we've always wanted to live close to family. Now we're in driving distance. Why we applied for a job here about seven years ago. Why didn't God give us that job then? Like it would have been so much easier, right? No, like we kind of had to go this long route before he put us in a place where I believe at least Lord willing, I believe is where we're going to be long-term. So practicing gratitude for the ways that he's shown goodness in our past is, is important for me. And then I also believe in the magic of gratitude, like of just saying, thank you for things actually changes your outlook. It's woo, but like God just continuously asks us to say we're thankful for something. And it's not natural for me to be grateful. Okay. I'm just not a naturally grateful person. So I have to practice that. Yeah. I feel like that's something Jesse and I experience in our marriage that we talk about all the time. Like if one of us, like if, we, if we're feeling like <clears throat> not connected or um, just, you know, like we know things could be better, but if one of us will step up and be like, Hey babe, thanks for doing the dishes. And like, it's a little thing he did the dishes or I did or whatever, but like it snowballs and it's um, contagious. If he starts like thanking me for things, I'm like, wow, I'm so thankful he's doing this. And that's just like one small instance I know I you probably that. mean like on a grant greater scale, like with God and life, but like 
No, I mean, I'm, I mean, in those small things too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy how quickly you can go from like feeling angry about something that didn't matter at all to feeling like so grateful because like you're expressing that. Um, that's been a big, big part of like my life as well. What are your love languages? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a million times words of affirmation. Okay. And Jesse, we were just talking about this the other day too. At one point, he comes from a family of very acts of service. His parents are both very much acts of service. They'll show up and like do yard work and leave without you knowing, you know, um, that's how they show they, they love you. Um, Jesse, I believe is quality time. He was a mix the last time with quality time, acts of service and touch physical touch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. What um, do you guys, uh, my husband is words and touch. Okay. And so just like saying thank you is really like, yeah. Yes. Loves that. Of course, like saying harsh words can really yes. go too. So I had to be gorilla. Um, and I am, <laughs> we always joke, I'm like the opposite. I'm a quality time and acts of service. So okay. like I'm holding a coffee right now. You guys can't see my husband makes me coffee every morning. He's really helpful with the kids. Like he's, he's one of these dads who just, you know, like sounds like Jesse too, just like really serves where he can. And yes. um, I just really appreciate that. So yeah. Me yeah. too. And I also appreciate him telling me how wonderful I am. <laughs> That's the words of affirmation. I'm like, babe, I just really need you to like see this right now or acknowledge it. I'm like, okay. You are wonderful, Becky. No, thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean though? Like it's come to a point, like we've been married long enough where I used to in early years, like I wouldn't communicate. I would hope he was reading my mind, you know, but like you learn and you go through those stages as a young married person that like, no, you need to communicate. So now it's, there's some days where I'm just like, I just need you to do X, Y, and Z. And he does happily. He can't read my mind. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say? Like, how do you choose adventure? Like being a one <clears throat> and not like naturally being spontaneous. You guys didn't hear this, but prior to us chatting, we were just laughing that maybe the show would be so spontaneous and we'd go off on all these uh, different <laughs> avenues because ones really aren't that spontaneous. But do you, how do you choose adventure and how do you um, feel a little bit lighter and freer and choose that over like controlling and trying to like make things perfect um, as a one? How do you do that in your life? Yeah. So again, I've learned that like I, I can survive in perfect situations and still have a great experience. And so I needed to learn that through all these like trips and big travels. Um, I say yes to road trips whenever possible. Sometimes I'm like, this is not a great time to say yes to this, but my sister-in-law is like, come up to Nashville, which we've been doing quite a bit now that we're closer. I'm like, okay, yes, we will figure out the details. I used to like pack a week in advance and have like a whole packing room, like yeah. dedicated packing to staging. Room? Well, like a bedroom that okay. we weren't using because yeah, yeah, yeah. my girls all share one room, a staging room to get ready for packing. <laughs> now I'm like, as long as it's like two or three hours before. So that has changed to me, but saying yes to road trips and travel. So that's where I will be the most spontaneous. Yep. Like I'm booking a ticket for my mom to come in January. I just asked her yesterday. Um, so that's where I think I really just play the most spontaneity. Um, and yeah, the other thing is just like looking for local events, even if they're corny, like to do with the kids. Um, because I think kids just really appreciate that. My kids, I believe are like quality time mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, all kids are kind of like yeah. that age, but like just choosing to do family events together, um, is big to me, even if we have no idea if it's going to be like worth it or not, we just go. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. love that. We've been, I've been doing that lately, like finding things just local, putting them on the calendar. I like to have them on the calendar. Cause it's like, 
even if it is corny, like you saying, like it's something to look forward to get out of the house. Um, yeah, it's good Facebook for all of us. Really handy that way. So okay. I feel like you can, at least in this area, there's lots of holiday stuff and little things pop up and I'm like, I just click interested. Cause then what will happen is when it gets closer to that event, Facebook will remind me and then I can make a decision whether we're going to do it that weekend or whatever. So I yeah. really enjoy the aspect of Facebook. Yeah. That's good. I haven't done it that way. Um, but I'm going to now. <laughs> um, okay. So you've had these life experiences. You kind of like, you can say you see them on the shelf and you know, like the good that has come from them still like being who you are. And even though you've changed and God has like transformed you over the years, what is now, like, what are the hard things for you? Just like, when do you feel not like at your worst? That sounds like what gets you down? I feel like you've grown a lot. Like you shared, like you've, God has changed you and you have different outlook and gratitude and all these things. But like, what kind of things make you feel like you're kind of back in a rut, I guess? Mm, that's a great question. I, I do still get overwhelmed by, um, our busy schedule. So, you know, Becky mentioned that I have a business. My husband has a really busy career. We homeschool. Sometimes I get overwhelmed, um, on during growth stages in our life. So I'm very good at just like maintaining the day to day of my business. But like, if there's something big I want to do, I have a difficult time, like really saying yes to it. And I think that, um, that's a disadvantage. I know this isn't necessarily a business podcast, but like, if you're about to embark on something big, I get really afraid. Yeah. Um, like, so it could be someone looking at picking up a volunteering opportunity or serving in a certain area at the church. So I just get overwhelmed and negative and just really don't believe that I can find time for it. So yeah, that can be really stressful for me. I I'm not a risk taker. Mm -hmm. I have a very difficult time because I'm afraid I'm going to fail as well as fail other people. Mm. So that's still something I struggle with. Like I don't see myself as a strong leader because I'm afraid to take those risks. Yeah. So, so how yeah. do you get through those times? Like, what do you do to like get yourself to do the big thing? Yeah. So I usually have to chat with my husband and mm -hmm. just say, Hey, like, what can we do together? How can we create some free space space for me? And so that's kind of happening right now, actually, as this semester slows down. Um, can you create some free space for me to take the girls? And he's really on board with that. And I, I kind of call those like deep work pockets where yes. I'll say two hours beyond two hours. I'm not going to be productive, like two hours to focus on that one task and like delegate it towards that one task. So I might write, I'm a total paper planner kind of girl, right. And say like, this task is for that particular like activity only. And so I kind of have to plan for it, um, for things that scare me. But what's really funny is the more I get into them, I can start to fly through when I need to get done. And then I feel a lot of like sense of security and confidence about it. Right. So it's just like early start, early planning that really kind of overwhelms me. Yeah. So I feel like it's the beginning, like anything, it's like going for a run. I feel like the hardest thing is like, actually put your shoes on and get out the door, like whatever it is in life, like anything that maybe you're not like in the mood to do, or it's hard or scary or not that going for a run is scary, but it's sometimes you don't, it's kind of hard. <laughs> I, like, I could never start running. I think I started a couch to five grade program and like barely made it past day four. I also, I, I think about like other personalities a lot. We have a mutual friend who says she's a seven and that she'll start projects and she's like literally not afraid to fail. And mm -hmm. I just don't, I cannot connect with that concept, Yeah, but I think it's good. Like if you're this type of personality to just kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable, I've kind of had to get to that point where I'm like, this is going to feel a little bit weird at first, but I, you're going to be good at it. Like, yeah, I just got back from a holiday event that is, um, 
kind of businessy, like a local businessy thing. And I literally knew that I probably wouldn't know anyone. And I just went. And one of the ways that I really faced my fear at like events like that is just start asking questions of people and like getting to know random people. And it turned out to be great. I had all these like kind of random local connections with people at the event, but like Vanessa 10 years ago, like even at school dances, I was so shy, just so afraid to be myself. And so I think like you mentioned, just like practicing, whether it's training to run or whatever, you just have to kind of do it and kind of work yourself up to it. So, yeah. I am a big believer in like the uncomfortable is like, that's the good stuff. That's like, it might be hard, but like it brings out this good stuff. Do you feel like over the last 12 years and like all the moving around and even though it's hard in Scotland, maybe sucked a little bit for you. Like, (laughs) do you feel like God is like bringing out things in you that, um, maybe you didn't know were in there, like because of all of that stuff? Yeah. I'm so grateful for being put through that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, no one chooses, we'll call it suffering. I mean, there were some suffering periods with my husband's health and things we didn't get into, but like I, no one chooses suffering, but Mm -hmm. it, you grow so much from it. I mean, and it's just sounds so, um, cliche to say that, but I'm so grateful for it. And I think you come out on the other end with more freedom, Mm -hmm. but more confidence in what and who you are and what you're able to accomplish. And I, there's so many great things too. Like, I just think living overseas and traveling, it just equips you better for life. Like, I actually think that my friends, um, locally who like never move, they're like, you're like an adult in our life. We come to you when we have questions about how to adult well, whether that's like taxes or dealing with just like major things. And I, I laugh because it's true. I feel like I kind of aged very quickly and had to deal with a lot of like major things so young in life that I just feel more equipped to like do my daily life. Yeah. So yeah. And ones are also known to be responsible. And you know what? I really <laughs> take a lot of pride and responsibility. Yeah. And um, I just think it's a really valuable thing and loyalty is really important to me mm-hmm. and truthfulness and things like that. So I think that's served me well, but, um, we need all the types. Yeah. Don't we? yeah. So have you done yeah. strengths you done- finder? I have done strengths finder. Is re- responsibility okay. one of yours? It is Mine executor, too. discipline, responsibility. So three of my, um, four are all like in that, was it executor mm-hmm. or whatever that little realm. And I have one called, um, Oh gosh, context, which the person who was trained to do it, she's like, that's really interesting. So context is the type of person who looks at the past to make sense of the future. And that I think is really interesting because I do look back a lot. Like I do reflect a lot in the past. And so I think it's interesting, like using my history and all the things that I've gone through to kind of move forward. So I do that a lot. What about you? Was responsible them? Well, responsibility is one. I'm a number one is maximizer, which is okay. so true. Like Jesse and I can't go to the grocery store, run errands. Like I need to go in a loop. First of all, I don't, I have all these funny things. Like I have to maximize everything. Like some of it comes with efficiency and productivity. Um, yeah. and some of it is just like trying to make the most of situations, which I think is good, but sometimes it's negative if it's like too much, if it's just like this is what it is. There's nothing else to come from it, you know? So wait, at the grocery store, how do you use maximizing at the grocery store? Maximizing? No, it's just like time. That's more like productivity, like a route. Like if I'm, if we're going somewhere, like I hate like backtracking or stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. I get really frustrated when we're missing one ingredient. 
Yeah. I'm not the type of person who's like, Oh, I'll just go to the store and pick up one thing. I'm like so frustrated by that because it's such a waste of time. I totally get that. Yeah. I just don't use the ingredient and it drives Jesse crazy. He's yeah. such a seven, but when it comes to cooking and like workflow, he's very type a, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa, what do you feel like over the years, like with everything that God has taught you and just like how he's changed you? Like, what do you feel like he's set you free from? Maybe not completely, but just like, what do you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to struggle with panic attacks and, um, in college specifically just grade stuff. And, um, I just, I don't have those anymore. We didn't get into this, but I had a bout of eating disorder as well in college. That's, that's another episode. Um, but I just, I feel like I can see that things work out even when they're not perfectly laid out, that there's some magic in the messy of Mm -hmm. life. Um, and I can appreciate that more. Um, I have also seen this sounds so lame, but like packing two hours before a trip still works out fine. It doesn't have to be done a week in advance. Um, so I guess I've just learned to see that like, sometimes you don't have to be as prepared and type one as, as, um, you need to be. And I, I mean, just like spiritually, I am just reminded that community and like people are what drive us. Like it shows me why God has the church for us because through all, all these moves, I've thought, I think about people. Mm-hmm. I don't think about stuff anymore. Like it was about the way that this particular relationship encouraged me or like now, even in our local community, we've only been here in August. We're becoming members of our church soon. Like just the people drive me forward. And I want to be less task driven and more like people driven. And so that has been a big way. I think I've been changed. Um, and sometimes serving people isn't always the most efficient thing to do. Right. So yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. I like yeah. how you put that. <laughs> I, I think about that very often too, cause I'm very task driven and that's yeah. something I've been thinking about. Just, um, I'm reading, uh, Rebecca Lyons's rhythms of renewal right now. And it's just, talking about like coming back to like hosting and community and and stuff like that. And your house doesn't have to be perfect. Like just to have people over like people, people, people. And I'm like, yeah, how could we have people over more? And, um, yeah, I think it makes just a really big difference in your life. Yeah. And it's, it's not efficient to have people. It's much more efficient to just feed your kids and like put them to bed. Right. So I'm working on that because I know that that's a really important part of like just the global church and just making people feel loved and special. And that's not supernatural for me. So anyway, yeah, I'm practicing that as much as I can. Yeah. So I like it. Thanks so much just for sharing, um, just about your journey and just all the different places you've lived and how God has just been changing you along the way. I think if anybody, um, is in a season of change or transition or potential moves, I I know that this will be helpful. Um, where can people come see you and your sweet family? The beautiful girls. They're so Thanks. sweet. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Vanessa Kynes.com and, or wait, not on Instagram, Vanessa Kynes.com. Vanessa Kynes, K-Y-N-E-S. Thanks husband for giving me a weird spelling last name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my Instagram stories are actually not businessy at all. They're very like fun and playful and just me and the girls. Um, so if that's what you want to follow, that's what you'll find there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say that's the most like personal life sharing going on there. And I'm trying to storytell more in my Instagram stories and just try to like let out some of these things that God has kind of brought us through. So to encourage other people. I love it. 
I like them. You'll like them too. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, Vanessa. Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk mom business stuff and yeah. just hearts with each other. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.